0: My guest today is Larry Mazza, former hitman for Gregory Scarpa, who was a former capo for the Colombo family known as the Green Reaper. Uh, some said he said he stopped counting after 50 hits. This is his protégé today. Some say he had over 200 hits. Uh, there's a lot of stories, speculation, AIDS, KKK, Robert De Niro contacted through his associates to have Larry Maza help him out as a consultant for the Irishman. We got a lot of things to cover today. Having said that, Larry, thank you so much for being a guest on Valley Team.
1: It's great to have you on. I'm so happy to be here.
0: I've read a ton, and I've researched a ton on you to see what your background is, Mm -hmm. and we've interviewed a lot of different people Mm -hmm. uh, from your world, but for the listeners, the viewers that don't yet know your Mm -hmm. story, kind of walk us through upbringing, where you're from, and how you got connected to the mob.
1: Well, my upbringing is uh, very, very normal, very basic. Uh, I had a, my my dad was a a lieutenant in the fire department in New York. My mom uh, worked in a bank. I went to Catholic school along with my sister and brother. Uh, you know, we had, a uh, you know, no really it was no crime. Uh, I didn't have anything but a bright future ahead of me. Uh, I played ball. I was a martial artist. Uh, then I went on to coach younger kids, uh, my brother's age and younger. And, you know, uh, just uh, I, I actually wound up going to college eventually too. And uh, John Jay College, criminal justice. Yeah, criminal yeah, justice, yeah, which yeah, you were studying. Yeah, I saw yeah. that, yeah. So I had taken the fire department test. So growing up, I mean, nobody would have ever thought that I would have wound up in the life I wound up in. If I'm in 10th yeah. grade with you, who were you? You said ball, like you played baseball? I was baseball, playing or football, football, baseball, okay. every sport except hockey, except were you, ice were you, hockey.
0: Were you popular with the girls? Were you the grades? I, were you
1: I, the I bodybuilder? Were you the body guy? Who, who were you? You know, really a little of everything. Okay. We worked out every day. Uh, like I said, I was in a karate school with a, a champion kickboxer named Lou Neglia. Most people know who that is. I moved on to other places after him and continued my whole life with it. Uh, I did lift weights, uh, I played football, I played uh, basketball, uh, you know, uh, did, like I said, we did go to the, to the weight gym every night. Eventually I became a trainer, a personal trainer, and uh, I still do that to this day. Personal training to yeah. today. Yeah. So
0: so you're doing all of that, you know, you're going to school, college, trying to be a, uh, a lawyer, is that kind of the direction where you well, want to be more cop? I,
1: I was taking uh, uh, police science, fire science, my father always said to me, "Whatever I do, because I, I was the smartest one, he said, out of my sister and brother. They both became successes in the real world, and I was heading towards success in that life until, uh, you know, it all caved in on us. But he said, I could have been a, a, a chief fire chief. I said, I, I would have moved right up the ladder, because I gripped, go grasped things without even studying hard. I didn't have to hit the books for hours and hours and hours. I would go to school, take notes and, and ace my tests. You know, so I definitely had a, a, a bright future, you know, and I was working. I worked through high school, I worked through college, and that's sort of what led me into this other life that I wound up in later on. And and the, the life happens
0: through you meeting Linda first. Is that kind of how they do yes, it? So, yes. so what happens? How do you
1: okay. meet Linda? Who is Linda and what is does it go from? That? Linda, at first to me was just a very beautiful older woman okay. and I say that because she was a little over 30 maybe 31 uh, and I was only 17 going on 18 so I was a kid and I was working in a supermarket I was about to graduate high school and go on to John Jay uh, so on my route I would deliver groceries to her house and then she'd come into the supermarket little by little she got more and more friendly with me and ultimately, on um, one of the uh, deliveries to her house, she really opened up to me. She sat me down. She offered me a drink, uh, which I didn't have. I had iced tea or something, but she, if I wanted a little, you know, vodka or something. Mm-hmm, I said, mm-hmm. no, I'm still working. Naive kid, you know. Uh, a few years later, I said, oh, yeah, bring me the drink, you know. But I, uh, I knew I had to get back to work. And ultimately, she asked me straight out if I fool around. And being so young and naive, my answer to her was, "I'll never forget it." Because she busted out laughing, and she wound up telling her husband not to fast forward later on about this. So I don't know if she's married at this time. Uh, I says, "Of course I fool around. Do I look gay to you?" I says, "I'm." You told her that. Yeah, yeah. But again, you know, I was a naive kid, didn't know any better. So she laughed. Now, this is somebody so, you're, you're attracted to. This is somebody that... Oh, yeah, that... no, no. I mean, she's a beautiful, beautiful lady. Nothing's yeah. happened yet. Nothing's happened yet, okay. no. This was the first break, and then she says, well, uh, she wanted my number, and I gave I gave it to her, and she had used, a, uh, if I ever need to call you at the store to bring something over for me, would you do it? I said, of course. Yeah, I live here anyway, you know. Funny thing is, the next night, she wants me to come over to the house, and I got to go to school, and I got kickboxing and I got the gym and I'm trying to tell her no I can't You're a senior it. in high school. you. Yes so I'll never forget I'm in Bat Beach bodybuilding on Avenue okay and I get a phone call. She tracked me down to there because she knew where I worked out and I get a phone call Larry Mazza you uh, come to the front desk you have a phone call okay who the hell's calling me at the gym Every, you know I go up there it's her and she wants me to come over after the gym. I'm still trying to fight it I says I gotta go home and shower. I got homework to do. Long story short, I go home, I take a shower, I ask my father for the car keys, that young. He gives me the keys, and I go to her house. And that night is where the romance started. Okay, she had a bottle of wine out. Uh, I remember there was a joint in the uh, ashtray, which I had never even seen a joint. What year is this? This is 78. Got it. 78. I never even saw a joint. Until til seventy-eight, till that one. Wow! Yeah, and I was born in sixty-one. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I told her the wine was good. I had a cup, a little wine with her, and there was little snacks the famous M and M's. I talk about that; everybody laughs about it, but I remember that's what was on the table. And uh, it was a phenomenal night. You know, the, the chemistry—if you think about it—for a young kid like that with a woman that knows the ropes already—it's uh, just phenomenal. So that went on. She's and, like your professor at that time, yeah, educating yeah, you on movies yeah, and the tricks of the game. Yeah, yeah. somebody uh, uh, compared it to a movie called The Graduate, if yes, you know that course, movie from years of ago. Yeah. yeah, that's so, mandatory for, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it was similar, and you know, at first we went on for weeks and weeks. Uh, I never even cared. I had to assume inside she was married, you know. Uh, eventually she might have mentioned the kids, something early on that I saw, okay, she's married. But I never really, Pursued that. I thought that was on her. Maybe he's traveling. Maybe he's a salesman. Maybe whatever. I'm just you know. I I really didn't care. It's not nice to say that, but you know, as a young kid like that, I was it was. When that happened, are you telling that to anybody
0: or no? Like, are you coming back telling your friends, guys? You won't believe what happened. No, no, but my partner
1: Jimmy, yeah, who worked with me, he came. He's right through the whole book with me till the end, the jail time, everything, the war. He was working with me at Danza's. so he knew but it was unspoken, okay, when we found out who he was. Which, Jim is this Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy? Jimmy, My partner Jimmy, from the book, yeah. Jimmy it. yeah. So he he knows what's going on the entire time. He knows, he's the only one. Others started speculating, some of my close friends, but once later on, if fast forward, they knew who he was, everybody just shut up, nobody would even discuss it. But you know, Jimmy knew, he saw me with her in the store together, he knew I would, when it was delivery to the house, I said, I got this one, you know, things like that. he knew, but like I said, it's unspoken. Uh, so now it turns into months and we're getting really closer. We're getting closer. I'm not going to say we're madly in love, but it's turning into a real, uh, real feelings. And she starts opening up to me about her. She has a husband. So I says, yeah, well, I figure that, but you know, uh, they didn't live together in that house, I'm assuming. I was, I never saw him there okay. at the beginning. Got it. Okay, like I said, it's about six months where we were just living like it was just us two. I knew what nights I could come. Now, later on, later on, I'm telling you how I felt at the time. Yeah. Later on, as you start looking back at certain things, those times I thought I heard a crack in the house or I thought I heard something. She said, oh, no, no, it's an old house. You know, it's whatever, the house is still settling. That's not true, you know. Maybe he was there. Maybe he was downstairs. There was a, a, a basement apartment later on that I knew he would go into a lot, okay? But while we're talking about this, so people can understand, he already had another wife Connie. that I, yeah, I found yeah. out about later on, and I'll get to that. So, so this goes on for about six months, and now she wants me to drop everything. I can't go with other girls. You don't need school anymore. You're going to be this. We have a business we're opening up. Her husband and her, she's going to be the the name on it. They want me to be the regional sales manager, so she wants me to meet him. And she starts telling me he's an influential guy. Uh, He can take you to a lot of good places. He knows a lot of people. I still don't get it. I'm figuring, oh, maybe he's a, a big doctor or something, you know, that knows a lot of people. So after a few more months goes by, still the same thing, I'm eventually, to cut to the chase, I said, okay, I'll meet him. I fought it for months. I said, I can't meet your husband. This is not right. I said, now I know it's wrong. I mean, now you're bringing me to a whole different situation. So finally, one night, we go to an Italian restaurant. Okay, well, before, let me tell you what happens. I get to the house about 5 o'clock, and I know I'm going to meet him this night. Okay, and I still don't know what he is. So I'm standing at the front door and I did have a vodka. I'll never forget that. I said, I'll have a vodka because I wanted to calm down a little. I'm going to meet the yeah. husband of a woman I'm sleeping with for the, almost a year. And I'm looking out the window. I see a big black Fleetwood Brome pull up. Big caddy, spoke wheels, dark windows, pulls in. And I'm watching. I want to see what he looks like at that first impression. He gets out of the car, dark sunglasses. It's dark out at night. He's still got dark sunglasses on sport jacket, dressed like, he once told me, John Gotti learned how to dress from me, okay, later on. Dressed just like that, I mean, sharp. And I won't say he walked to the door, because it was more of a swagger. He had a presence in his walk, that as he was coming to the door, it registered. I said, this is not, because I had an Uncle Albert who was around guys like this. And I said, this is no doctor or salesman, I said, you know. And later on, I had said, if you look in the dictionary, uh, on the mopsit is a picture of him, <laughs> model. Uh, what's that other word? Uh, uh, just a perfect example of a, of, a, of a gangster. So he comes up the steps. I open the door, and I put my hand out. I says, uh, "I'm Larry." He says, "I'm Greg." So we shake hands. He smiles, very nice, happy to meet me. But all along I thought his name was Charles. That's the first time I learned his name was Greg she told you it's Charles she told me he was Charles got it okay Charles Shearer there's a whole story behind that and I, I you know it's not even my place to get into it but with an ex-husband or an ex-boyfriend but he was Charles Shearer to me up until that minute so he goes in he's gonna freshen up change a little bit whatever he goes in I go to Linda I said Linda I thought his name was Greg he said he's Charlie I, I, Charlie, I thought, you know, she says, oh no, he just uses that name, Charlie. I says, people just use other names? I, I, it's like, she said it like it's normal. You still don't know what he does? No, yeah. no. But like I says, that strut to the house, I says, this is a, a man's man. I mean, it's a guy got to, you know. So he comes back in and he has two scotches. Now I had vodka. <laughs> I, even then I didn't want to mix. But I didn't say no. I took a scotch and we sipped it together. We talked a little bit. He started telling me about the company. We're gonna meet these two guys. One's a lawyer, one's an accountant. They were all on the board of this company. Very real. And it wasn't. It turned out to be real. Uh, so anyway, that night I meet him, and we go to the restaurant. So she walk into the car. She goes to grab my arm. And I had to move away from like. Like What he do? Yeah, he was in front of us, yeah. let us walk behind him. Yeah. So anyway, we get to the restaurant and I meet the two fellas, and he doesn't recommend, he doesn't say I want to propose Larry to be the sales manager. He tells them both, uh, Larry's going to be our sales manager. But I said, okay, That's, I didn't even a resume or anything. You've never sold, you're not never a sales did. No, guy. No, okay. no, no. Well, you are now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, so. <laughs> and you got a promotion, you're sales yeah. manager. You <laughs> I was a sales manager right <laughs> off the bat. So anyway, after this night, I start working for him and he tells me I have to come to the office every day which turns out to be a social club so I start meeting other guys and I'll get more into that but before all this happens you know I'm, I'm going out to different avenues they give me a list of addresses to go to where I can uh, service their fire extinguisher and then try to sell them paper products and the, the the addresses they gave me were all hot I was gonna get them I walked in They were expecting me. I got the account. So I built a little portfolio right off the bat. If they didn't say yes, or I went to a place cold, they told me you can go into other stores in the same area, but start with this one. It's a yes. And they would tell me no. I'd go back to the club and I'd say, well, these four guys weren't interested. And Greg says, all right, Carmine, goes Carmine in. Carmine gets the addresses. Go back there the next day. Go back again tomorrow. I go back the next day. They treat me like I don't want to say Al Capone, like a senator, a neighborhood uh, politician. Are you speculating at this time, like what's going on? Of course, no, no. Now I see the club. I know he's. I know he's. You know he's connected at this point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Again, I know he's what he is.
0: Was Greg a known face and a name that you? No, he's a low-key guy. He's low-key. Is he a cop at that time or not yet? No, he never.
1: I'm going to tell you, he never became a cop until the very end. Got it. Okay. Okay? Okay. They bypassed him for his son. Something I thought they asked him about, okay, and yeah, Greg Jr. told me, no, they bypassed my father. And this discussion came because of what came out years later. And I don't want to tip my Yeah, let's get to that. So, yeah, yeah, uh, so uh, now I I got this position, I see the influence, I'm getting these uh, uh, accounts, Mm -hmm. and this goes on for a few months. But while it's going on, he's helping me, he's building me up, he's telling these other guys about me, that I'm his nephew. And we treat him with, you know, I mean, it's, it's off the charts. So I start feeling very, very guilty. And I'm starting to tell Linda we have to stop. We can't do this. This isn't right. I mean, I, I, I can't go on like this. She's persuasive, talks me out of it. We wind up making love, and I'm back again. And it's just not like again that I wanted to get away, but I just knew it wasn't right. So finally she starts telling me she wants to let him know about us. Okay, and of course I fight that. I says, no, I mean, it's, he's not, please, you want to get me killed? I mean, I, this is, I know it. And she laughs, he would never do that. He loves you. Anything I love, he loves. You know, give me little hints that possibly he knows. And I, at that point, I have no idea, okay? And I still don't know the real exact truth, okay? So we uh, continue for a few more months, a few more months. Now he sees me getting erratic. I don't show up where I'm supposed to show up because I think he's going to kill me, okay? Because well, now I started seeing little things. You know, guys get thrown out, kicked out, maybe cracked around. You know, not major violence, but in the club, the office, I may see one of the Shylocks who's hanging around, you know, grabbing a guy by the throat. So I know it's not a nice... Nobody's gotten killed yet, though. No, no one's gotten shot no, or you no, haven't seen no, anything like no, that No, nothing okay. like that yet. But like I said, I have an Uncle Albert who's a dinosaur with the uh, Colombo family. He went back all the way to Junior Persico's rise. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's a scene in a movie, well, The Godfather, where the guy's getting choked mm-hmm. at the bar. Junior Persico was doing the choking. My uncle Albert was in the crash car outside. You know, so In that's real it. life, in that's real what life, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So he was tight with Junior from way, way back. Uh, so I knew it could. I knew there was deaths and guys get killed, you know, Brooklyn, you know, especially back then, you'd see a body every couple of weeks somewhere. You know, it wasn't odd. And I didn't want to be one of those bodies. I started getting paranoid. So what year is this, is this 80 already or not yet? not quite. 79 is 79 pushing 80 yet. Okay, It's about 18 months after we met. So you're 18 and a half, 19 at this point. Yes, yes, exactly. And uh, so now, what happens is, like I said, he starts seeing it. So he starts saying things to me little by little. I don't like what's, what I see, it's something wrong, you gotta talk to me. And I keep letting it go, letting it go. Finally, uh, there's one specific instance where I didn't show up, and he was gonna hit somebody that night, or they wound up hitting him. All I had to do was drive him downtown. Just drop me off. And I didn't show up, okay? And I found out later on Uh, friend Bucky was killed that night okay he was gonna have me drop him off there and and if you if you follow the MO as years go by they give you little little bit little tiny things to do ultimately to bring you to a certain level where you're asked to do more so that little bit of a thing was his first step maybe he'll hear about it maybe he won't very psychological and when you when you bring a kid in okay and it's usually an influential Male that you're, 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 you're following that brings you in. I got brought in by an influential woman
0: also. So, like Scarfo brought in uh, mm-hmm. Leonetti, and Leonetti was also young, and mm-hmm. you know he was gradually getting him through. But Scarfo yeah. was a, he was also a brutal guy, but not
1: 200 hits like uh, uh, well, Scarpa was. Scarpa stopped counting yeah, after 50. he told me that he stopped counting at 50, and then I heard later on you know, higher numbers. Uh, then when I was away with him and Gas Pipe uh, on, on MCC, they were talking about numbers between the two of them. Uh, t- they said, we got over 200 between the two of us. Between the two That's of where them. the 200 came and from. And is this organizing or is this a leading? There's a big difference, the two, right? What do you mean? Uh, so so you, you, you you say, say, you say no, they're not all
0: you, you're say for yourself 25
1: as you were yeah. involved in, right? That's the right. number that right. I read about you, right? Yes. What was uh, scarpless okay. number? He... He was a shooter, okay? He never asked anybody else to do the shooting unless it was for a reason, to make their bones, to get them settled in and understand they're capable. He never asked me to go anywhere alone, never asked me to do this, never asked me to, even on the beatings, well, beatings a lot of time it was Greg Jr. would be, be, he took that as a badge of honor that he didn't relegate it or say, you go do it. He says, he'd get out of the chair, say, let's go. You know, and we'd go with him. Again, this is later on, which I'll get to. So no, but he was he was a shooter on the scene. Uh, I've heard about some hits that aren't even that public, you know. That you know, the, the, you I know, can talk about it now. Everybody's gone. Uh, I w- wouldn't hate to cause trouble for somebody. That's why I say that. Even though I made a deal with the government, I'm not looking to start trouble for people. Uh, I was never that way. Uh, but so anyway, going back to this night, that was a pivotal night. He knew something was wrong with me. So she started telling me again, we're gonna tell him, we're gonna tell him. And I made a comment back then, I said, get me a bulletproof vest first, please, because you can't tell him. I mean, you know, now he's gotta kill me. You mean sarcastic or serious? I was half serious, half sarcastic. You know, I just, uh, so finally one day, I get to the house, well, what happens is, the supply company has a big problem at the factory. It burns down. Okay. To this day, I don't know if it was done on purpose. Yeah. You know, in hindsight, probably. Probably a big insurance check. Uh, it's the M.O., nobody really wants legitimate Very businesses. common strategy. Right, it's, right, yeah. right. So, now I'm in no man's land. Okay, I, I left college for this. The fire department test that I was very high on, I got a 99 on the written and a 95 on the physical. Now, the 99 on the written, I should have got 100. It really it wasn't a very difficult test I started saying nah, they're trying to trick me and you want to know what one of the questions was mm. okay you're walking past a gas station you notice the pump is leaking you a stop and light up a cigarette B ignore it it's none of your business C call the fire department D all of the above obviously it's C so most of the questions were like that and I was laughing my way through it the physical on the other hand guys were throwing up at the end. It was very difficult So a 95. I'm proud of. Uh, anyway, I'm high on the list, but what happens is that test back in the day. Now this is back in geez, 81, 80. I took the test in 80, probably 79. But as soon as I was 18, I took the test and it gets thrown out because, uh, minorities had a problem with it and women with the physical. So a judge, in the federal courts, takes two years to rule on it. Then he rules on it and sets another test for two more years. So four years is going to go by before I could take the test again. In that time, she knows I'm in no man's land. She tells Greg, or asks him in front of me, we got to find something for Larry. So I'll never forget, the first thing out of his mouth was, well, we could get him in the numbers. The number business is the lowest form of racket there is. Nobody gets hurt. There's no credit. Uh, The biggest problem there is tax evasion if you have a big number business, okay? So I get in it with them, and they give me a few ideas of how to build up numbers. They give me a few spots that already work, and when I say them, it's Greg and Greg Jr. because they're partners. Got it. I start improvising on my own. I start going to, and I'm already good with numbers. I was always good with numbers. I go to to the local OTBs. I know there's all gamblers in there. I go to the bowling alleys because they're all bowling for money. And I'm picking up numbers, and they're all giving them to me. Now I start at the OTBs, I start taking horse action. OTB is off-track betting. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it goes way back, and it failed in New York. Mm and I couldn't understand Mm -hmm. how, later on in life, how you're losing a gambling proposition. Anyway, so I start now picking up horses. So now I'm bringing horses in, I'm bringing, and I still don't, have enough. I get the football tickets, okay? The Paul A cards again—lowest form of racket you could do. But now I'm making 500 800 a week. Back in 80, eighty, all cash. Yep. And I don't even have to tell my parents I'm not the manager anymore. So I'm still making a living, and they're not asking any questions. And you're I, living
0: with your parents. I still.
1: live in the basement apartment. Got it. Yeah. And you know, so now it is really nothing looks out of ordinary, other than my first caddy. When I pulled in with the first caddy, I said, No, it comes with the company, you know. And I've said along comes the way with the company. I said along the way, and I don't mean it in a bad way, because I don't consider myself a liar by no means. I try to be honest and ethical, whatever the word is. Uh, I got a lot of people that'll attest to that. But in certain situations you become a good liar. Like that, with your parents, your wife, your girlfriend. You have to. So you wind up saying things that aren't true and just living with it and going on you know so anyway I start bringing the football tickets out now I'm giving them to my friends to also give out and also take numbers they're all in different mm. OTB's so we're building a little mini thing where now I'm bringing in thousands a few thousand two three thousand in numbers and horses and sports the next level is now booking sports okay now this all took a little bit of time so but this was how he opened the door for me I'll never forget his words. Well, we could get him in the numbers. He's telling Linda that to appease her, and he gets me in the numbers, and I thrived with all of that stuff. So uh, now, this one day, he's bringing me to the club. Okay, we're in the car, and he starts telling me, Larry, you know I love you like a son. Okay, you're very mature for your age, and I'm gonna have this conversation with you because I know you can handle it. I know where he's going. I know where he's going. And I feel the butterflies. Linda's not in the car. No, just you and him. No, just me and him yeah. going to the club like every yep. day. We get there at twelve thirty. The rest of the guys come at one. Uh, it's just because he would be there already. And sometimes one other guy was there, Bobby, but he wasn't there this day. So we're driving there, and I'm just being quiet. I'm actually like looking out the window, wondering what do I do now. I said, "This is it. You know, you're gonna take me to the club, and I think I'm gonna get killed." So. He's just talking about it, doesn't say he's going on how Linda cares about you, and we're not that far from the club to the house. You know, if there's no traffic, it's less than 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, So we get to the club now, and we walk in. Just like this, we're sitting, like me and you. He goes behind the desk, he's got his big seat, and I got a chair just like this, and I sit down, and he's telling me, he says, I want you to know I know about you and Linda. So... I had a choice right there, okay? I could have got up and run, you know, which I, I didn't do. But I said to myself, I'll never forget, it's my moment of truth. I said, this, you know, I still care for her. I don't want it to be over. He, and I looked at him, I said, these are my exact words, okay? I says, Greg, you're far from an idiot. And I have a lot of respect for you. You're far from an idiot. Only an idiot wouldn't see this. He hit the test, he starts laughing. He gets up, I'm still a little nervous. We walk out together. He puts his arm around me. Okay, we walk out in front of the club. It's just us two. Outside, this is a, a ritual for us. He got himself set up. He put his paperwork away, you know. We go outside, and we're leaning on the parking meter. Okay, that's something we did. You know, we'd taken the uh, it was, and he, he uh, goes on to tell me he's okay with this. He goes, but the only thing is, only the three of us could ever know about it. He says, If anybody else finds out, you and I will be killed. Why you and I? Well, because he's breaking a rule too. He's breaking a yeah. rule by allowing it. Okay? Uh, and at that t- point, I didn't, I mean, I understood. He's a made man at that he's time. He's a made You're guy. You're not guy. yet. No, no, okay. no, He's a made guy all the way. Is he an earner or is he
0: a racketeer or, he's, or is he more the, the he's buff.
1: buff? He's okay. bolt. He's both and he's been described by that by others, including like Sammy the Bull. He's, when he talked about our club, he says, that 13th Avenue Club where racketeers, and killers. And it's a lethal, it's a lethal, obviously, but it's a it's a combination, uh, the consummate, that's the word I was looking for before, the ones that everybody looks up to and fears mm. and respects. Yeah. And, you know, and we weren't the only ones, I'm not saying that, sure. no stretch, no, I get but it. we were in that yeah. category. Everybody in there, if you're under Greg, okay, if he calls you with him, you're with me, okay, and he introduces you to others, even if it's a friend of mine at the beginning, you get the same respect as anybody does, and you're expected to produce, uh, not only earn, but carry yourself like a good fella, even if you're not yet, and, and, and eventually you're going to be hurting people and killing people, just the way it is. If you're in that club, yeah. in a circle, it's going to happen, and it happened to me, and we'll, we'll, we'll get there as we go. So now, um, earning with him, I feel the weight of the world off my shoulders. You know, because we're able to go on, and we go on. Are three of
0: you ever talking about it openly when you're around each other, or no? Yeah, yeah. So, and and let me ask you a couple Mm -hmm. questions Mm -hmm. here. So, uh, uh, one, when I look at his background, he Mm -hmm. was married to Connie, and they separated, and he had been with Linda for 30 years. And Connie, he had three kids. uh, Junior is one of them. And with Linda, they had two kids, but I don't think they ever officially got married with Linda. Right? That's true. Okay, so they were not. It was.
1: I didn't know that back then. Later on, I found out it was just common law. But He never officially divorced Connie. Never did, Okay. yeah. All those nights he was somewhere, but there's a third wife in there. You knew that? Of course. Lily. Yes. Okay, the Middle Eastern beauty queen. Yes, yes. So a lot of times, not a lot of times, but several times, I took him to the airport and she was in Vegas. So he'd be gone for a day or two. Other times he'd be picked up in a limo uh, and taken to Manhattan and I wouldn't see him for a day Mm. or two. So he was juggling to some point. He spent every full weekend in Lakewood, you know, uh, with, with Connie. Sure. So, you know, there's four or five nights a week I was free to, you know, but there was also later on nights where I said I knew he came home and went in the basement because I was there already, and we would we would actually meet for coffee,
0: <laughs> with the three of you. Yeah. 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 But yeah. but never the three of you at this. You know, there was nothing where you know. Uh, 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 three of you, other girls no, getting involved—that no, never happened. No, no. Okay, and that, came that up, changes the game listen, if you guys came went up that somewhere
1: far. once for a very short time, and I shrugged it off as somebody to write a book or trying to uh, make right of something that was wrong. But I don't see how that makes it any better. I mean, you know, to each his own. But no, no, no. Really, no. I'm thinking yeah. if
0: you guys brought another person in no, to support no, the cast. No. Okay. No. So y- y- the reason why I asked I'm trying to get the dynamics here yeah. with this story because. Uh, 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 swingers, mm. you know, you get the yeah. swings. I remember one time I had a client of mine. I was uh, uh, doing business with them and I sold them two insurance policies and right. rolled over their 401k at the end. The guy says, what yeah. are you doing Friday night? Yeah, yeah. And I said, you know, i got no plans. Yeah. You want to come over? I said, what do you have in mind? My wife likes you. Mm-hmm. I said, you yeah, know, I like you guys yeah. too. You guys are yeah. good clients. He says, no, no, she yeah. likes you and we would yeah. like to watch. I'd like to yeah. watch. no. I said, okay, was
1: that no. then? Were they swingers type of thing? I or- never saw that. Okay. Uh, I don't it. I don't believe it. Yeah. I don't think, uh, I think it was one of those I'm gonna say this maybe just a special moment in time, where I think I helped him because he was juggling. He wasn't her age. Don't forget, he's 20 years. 20 old years older. Now. Yeah, he's in his 20, 50s. That's right. You know, did did, did Linda know about Connie? Of yes, course she does. Did. did Connie know no, about Linda? No. And if you want, and we'll fast forward again. Wow. Towards the very got end, it. when it all came out and Greg was in the hospital and close to death, mm-hmm. Connie got on the phone with me because she knew I was his closest guy okay he said it to everybody at that point in time mm-hmm. I was the closest guy he ever had in this life which was incredible you know and we were I mean we went through the war which we are gonna get to are uh, you the only one and, that
0: cried right that he told well, you yeah, story when he about got, him when he,
1: when he got when he got uh, contracted the AIDS virus yeah, yeah I cried yeah it's like a father my father would have cried too yeah, I mean yeah. you know uh and he said that himself he says it, it was incredible he was touching to him. but this is how we had gotten you know uh, So I think I was helping him in a way, uh, I In think, what way Define that? Well, that. Keep her busy four nights, while. Four nights a week he's not there. She's gotta be wondering where. She's a young girl. So, almost guilt. Now they're almost on an even playing field. And again, this is all my opinion. Because it's never come out. It's never come out from him or her or anybody yeah. that they knew all along. And. I saw little things that make me wonder if they knew, and maybe he did get turned on by it, I don't know. Or maybe, not turned on by it, maybe he it satisfied him that a younger guy wanted his, his trophy so bad. Yeah, when I hear A-O, stories like this, yeah. they're,
0: they're very random and weird, right? Because yeah. you know, when you listen yeah. to, okay, you know, uh, the, the graduate, Dustin Hoffman, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, like yeah. uh, young boys, you yeah. know, like you dreams, like, oh my up. gosh, that teacher, yeah. it'd be, everybody
1: has that one teacher, like, oh my gosh, you know, yeah. what if one day Bro- I, I stay after school, yeah. you know. Yeah. You know what my father said? He's I don't mean stopped. to interrupt yeah. you. But he said, based on sort of what you're saying, he says, he doesn't know if he could have turned that down. My father is just a legitimate lieutenant, great father, great yeah. man, never, you know, a criminal, and he said, you know, so just on my behalf, he said that. And for know? the
0: audience to kind of uh, uh, have get some of the optics, Linda was more like Michelle Pfeiffer from Scarface. Was she like the, was, is yeah, she that without personality? without the drugs, without the drugs, without, yes, but, yes, but like yeah. extremely yes. attractive,
1: seductive, and seen it, yeah. okay. Yeah. And, so, and and love the life, love the money. Not that there's anything where everybody yeah. likes money. I hate when I hear that, but so, you know. Uh, but she really... It was, that was all provocative to her. Two other questions on yeah. this
0: part here. Mm-hmm. One of them is, so it wasn't that, this is pre the 30 of his associates coming and getting tested to see whose blood match to mm-hmm. give it to him for the infusion. Mm-hmm. At this time when this is happening, he doesn't have AIDS no, yet. So no, this is no. pre Cause when, him yeah, getting yeah, gay. Yeah. So it's not like they're not having sex because he doesn't want her to get AIDS. It. Right. No. And it's also not the fact that, uh, you know, in, uh, uh, in bodybuilding, there was a guy back in the days, mm-hmm. big time bodybuilder, Mr. Olympia guy, mm-hmm. When he got off of everything, he couldn't get it up anymore. Really? If he took five Viagra, yeah. he couldn't uh, do nothing. So yeah. there's nothing. Yeah. Even You no. could make a miracle happen. Yeah. This was not his challenge either. It wasn't right. like, no. listen, I can't no. get it nope. up. So. Well, okay. I'll tell you this much. I'm just he, trying to address no. every situation. I, and the
1: reason I know that to some extent is there was a fourth woman that used to come to the club, okay, and spend a little time in the office with him. And when he would come out, I mean, you could tell. He'd give me the wink. You know, Bobby would say something. Bobby was always joking around. You know, he'd make a comment, something about the pipes getting cleaned. You know, he would just joke all the time. She goes in with so her hair would, fixed up. She comes yeah, back exactly. with a bang. And, and then later on I heard from uh, uh, a relative of Greg's. I'll just leave it at that. Maybe she doesn't want her name out right now, so it's a girl. <laughs> uh, that he had another kid with somebody right on 13th Avenue, and it might have been this woman. For all well we know, that used to come got in. It. She was attractive too. But older, a little bit older, more hesitant. So age. he was fairly active. I mean, he was. He had a he very was. high testosterone. I don't level. think that was the problem. Yeah. But like yeah. I said, I mean, at 52, or whatever he was, you know. You're still one good one is, Yeah, but one is, is good. You know, if you yeah. have two, all right. But four, <laughs> you know, that's, you know, it's. So there's so a problem. So there's, there's, a... there's, there's. But the thing here, hey, and you got to watch this too now. I became close with the kids, I became Joey. The son Linda's may rest kids in or Linda's kids. kids. Okay. Well, I got close with all the kids. But that family, I became godfather to Joey, Linda and Greg's son. And that was, there was a reason for that. Other than, it, to, you know, to us it was always an important, important person in your life. Godfather, a weird, father, mother, Uh I'm sorry? It's a little weird. You, know? you didn't think it was a little well, weird? No, I didn't. I didn't. I really didn't. Uh, I was actually honored that, you know, and, and in her eyes, maybe I was never going to have a kid of my own. I was gonna be with her forever, you know. But I just always tell her I, I wanted a son. I want to have a kid. I want to get married someday. And she didn't want to hear that, you know. Does she so, love both of you guys
0: equally, or was it more like he takes care of me, but I love you?
1: You know, if I answer that, it's unfair. It's unfair. It. I don't think she didn't love Greg. I'll say that. Uh, I think she is lust a word more lust between us, maybe because of the dynamics and the physical at the ages and stuff. But I'm. I'm certain she loved him, uh, I'm certain he loved her, uh, or cared for her, or whatever the word is, cause I, you know, and as years went on, and when all the things went wrong in our life, and I started looking back, I honestly don't know if he loved anything or anybody. You know? Uh, like Greg Jr., I could see the love with his kids. I could see how he treats other people. Did he come out already, or is, is, is he's, out. Gre- he's he's out? He's out. Already. I've been talking to him. We got together a few times. Uh, how is your personality? Is the two of you guys to get Well, together? very similar. He's he's. I like to think I'm easygoing. He is. Uh, he he likes to laugh. You know, his father likes to laugh too. Uh, he, he's easy to talk to, and he's caring. He's caring. Here's the perfect example. I had to borrow money from Greg Senior, probably. 200 times as a kid, you know, not once did I not pay VIG. Really? Yes, not once. Even during the war, we had to pay VIG. We get no breaks, nothing. Okay. Greg Jr., on the other hand, I might have borrowed money from him three times. Didn't charge me a penny. Get out of here. He says, you're my brother. What's the matter with you? And I'm saying to myself... (laughs) What well, I see, you, you know, so you fell a little further than the, from the tree than people thought. That's, yeah. when did Greg know about you and Linda? Greg Junior? Yeah. Oh, not until the arrests. We all got arrested yeah. and uh, I exploded that out there because I had so much resent for his father. Scarpa. Yeah, because ultimately he was, you know, a 30 year informant, which we'll get to, I'm sure. Uh, and I was fighting my case. Okay, later on. I had no intentions of, I was gonna make a deal, figure something out, 20 years, 18 years. We're fighting it, but one by one, the consul flips. That's Carmine Sessa, who I was fighting for. Uh, Other guys, good fellas and captains. Finally, it comes out that Greg Senior, my mentor, the guy that brought me into this, that everything, is a government informer for 30 years, okay? And while I'm on the floor with the real boss, Junior Persico's son, Alley Boy, he tells me him and his father knew about Greg for 20 years. Get out of here. <laughs> I, you know what, when he told me that, the the reaction you just had? That must have came on my face because he turned white after he said it. And he just knew he made a mistake. Terrible thing to tell me, that you guys knew. Whether he meant they surmised or they knew, wow. doesn't even matter. Because people say, well maybe they thought. I've seen guys yeah. get killed for a lot worse. So if you really thought it, that's enough to kill him In that life, I hate to say it, okay? I saw Greg, I watched Greg shoot a guy that called him a rat, but tried to renege on it at the desk like we are now. I got up out of my chair when this guy came in, he sat down, Donnie his name was. And Greg took care of his business, he took his money from the guy, wrote his name down, crossed him off the list like he paid. And he says, Donnie, what's this I hear? I'm a rat. Donnie turned white, he started sweating. He knew he was in trouble. I was standing in the room with Greg, Junior, Carmine, Bobby, and one other person. Greg, Junior, Carmine, Bobby. Oh, and me. Four of us were in there. There were four guys in the room. But I was sitting at the chair as always. I got up to let him sit down, and I would stand right by the door. You know, until he left, I'd go back and sit with Greg. As soon as the guy said he didn't have paperwork, he was just talking drunk with another guy. I don't mean that. You know better, Greg, blah, blah, blah. You don't have no paperwork. You can't prove that. He says, no. Of course not. Reaching his desk, the drawer right there, popped him right across the table. Killed him. Yep. That was the first time I actually saw somebody get rolled up in a rug and carried out, literally. And the funny thing is I had to go with Bobby to pick out a new carpet to put down. And the color he picked, he's colored blind, Bobby. We didn't know that. He brings an orange carpet back. The last carpet was dark brown. (laughs) Anyway, just something you never forget. At least he didn't get white. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, I remember that was like a, a joke for a while, but uh, you know, so so thirty it, years he's doing that. Persico and them know for twenty years.
0: Yeah. When when Persico when this became public, what, like? Okay. I'm curious to know yep. what the reaction was from even Snake from okay. Persico
1: when they found out. Okay. Well, I'm in the ca- I'm in prison at the time. Ten I'll years. Fighting my case. Well, I'm fighting my case. Okay. This is early on. Yeah. This is pre anything. Got it. And they bounce you around. I'm on a floor with Vicarina, the number one target. Get out of here! And I'm saying they had separation. He just got out. He just got out. Oh, did Vic get out? No, no, no. He no, he didn't. He's got a, a hearing October 13th to see if he can get he, out. He, oh, Somebody it's, it's, else did get out. No, but uh, uh, I keep going. Yeah, I'm listening. I, to I don't you. think it's Vicarina. So I anyway, take right now. And I'm on separation from everybody. I can't be with. Anybody from the other side, I can't be with my partner Jimmy, I can't be, uh, well that was later on when he came in, he was still on the lam. Anyway, they put me on the floor. Could be released. Yeah. Could be released yes. from prison. Yeah, because right. I talked to his lawyer. Yeah, could be released from prison. I talk to his lawyer yeah. occasionally. Go ahead. So, uh, I'm on the floor with Vic, and he calls me and we're getting along. You know, we know we're fighting the case and there's no reason to feud in there, we're trying to help each other out calls me. I go walking with him. I'm walking to the men's room. When you go to the men's room with a guy, they want to talk privately. There's two other guys in there. Uh, uh, Mikey Day, a friend of mine. I don't want to use his last name. And uh, another one, uh, uh, I could use his name if I could think of it. Uh, He was the consiglier Lasterino uh, for the Lucchese family. So we go in the bathroom. I say, what's up, Vic? He tells me, he says, Larry, is it true? I, I says, what are you talking about? He says, Greg, is he a rat? I started going after him. That's why those two were in there. They said, no, just hear him out, hear him out. They were hearing it from lawyers, they were hearing it from people, and I'm fucking fighting it, excuse me. I'm fighting it tooth and nail. I, I don't want to hear it. I said, you can't tell, you know, that's not good for me either You know, on a selfish note. But so I walk away, my bed was right next to his. I took my mattress, I went to the other side Okay, and there's it all Italians here, the other side was mixed, whatever. I would rather be there right now from what I just heard from his mouth. Okay, this is how arrogant I am about it. It's the time. The very next day, it comes out in the paper, that Greg went in front of the judge, okay, and he was pleading to be released. He says, I, you know how much I did for your government all these years? So he admitted it openly. So the next day I get called back into the bathroom. Vic's got the newspaper. So I looked at it and they were asking me, did you know? I just shook my head, I threw the paper down, I was distraught. I walked back to my corner, funny thing is, I get pulled out of there and I get put back on the floor with Alley Boy and some of my my co-defendants, they were all on the same Mm indictment. So now we're talking about this and Bobby and guys can't believe it and Alley Boy has to be the hero and he tells me that. But I'm gonna tell you a story now. He said 20 years. The paper said 30. So in my eyes, there was an event. I never forgot it and I found out later on. There had to be something that happened 20 years ago. Because if he's a rat for 30 years and you know, something significant happened. Later on, I find out from an attorney, there's a big, big tax case, okay? Timing is right. It's in the 70s, it just works out right. Eight heavyweights from the Colombo family, including Junior Persico, his brother, Greg, Scappy, uh, one of the Fuscos, some of the Russos, all the top names in the family. And it's a big, they're going to face 15 to 20 on this IRS charge. They all show up in court. They get the hearing put off. All eight of them are there. They say, okay, come back and maybe there's no violence. So back then they had bail, whatever. You can't get bail anymore if you're a mob guy. So... They come back maybe four weeks later, six weeks later, whatever they put it off to. They all come in except Greg. Okay. They put it off again. Another four to six weeks goes by. They all come back to the hearing except Greg. This is the third hearing. The fourth one gets put back. Again, <clears throat> they all come in except Greg. At that hearing, the judge throws out the case, just throws out the case. So, something had to happen there. So now either they turn... going to know there's something going there's on something. Now either, a This is not This is what I'm leading to, right. He either decided that, listen, he didn't hurt us. If he had a little connection, maybe he didn't really know how tight it was with him and his connection. Maybe he didn't know it went both ways. Maybe he tried to convince somebody that. But now here's what happens. He becomes... He's a huge earner, too. He's a tremendous earner, okay? So they don't want to throw that away. But also, any precarious hit that had to be done, they came to Greg. Not the one where you get your best friend or somebody that's... Who? Who came to Greg? The Persicos. True Scappy. Yeah. I remember Scappy coming in. With different hits that had to be made, and they weren't easy hits. At what I, what level of hitman is he in the, in the, in the Italian? Here's the you, thing: we're, we're not we're not hitmen. Right. I mean, these people call me the hitman. I was to me a hitman does it for money. We didn't do it for money. We did it because it was part of the life. If somebody broke a rule, you had it. You had to pay sometimes with your life, uh, indirectly you're gonna rise in the family and become a captain and maybe, make more maybe money. Maybe who's most feared? Like, was, was Scarpa in that level of fear? Or- he was the most feared man in Brooklyn, probably further. And I've described him as probably being the most feared guy since Al Capone. I've had guys come in that club, okay, that are known for chopping up bodies and all of this, and they were very, very soft-spoken with Greg. Never arrogant, never. As a matter of fact, one of them, he's dead now, so it doesn't matter, Roy DeMeo. He's the Ooh, one that chopped. He's, he's, right. he's, yeah. Everybody, oh, I was, gonna, I was just gonna bring now, him up, I wrote his name down. I remember, Greg, when we had a discussion about that. Greg, like, got squee- like, cut up a body, why did, you know, no, he'd rather leave him in the street and let them see, what, you know, a guy got killed. That was, so he'd kill you and that's it. He'll walk out, you know, and go have dessert. These guys had to chop you up, get all the blood out, get rid of all the evidence and this stuff. That didn't make them any more brazen. Greg would walk into a crowded restaurant and shoot two people and walk out. No mask. He'd grow a mustache. They got these pictures of him like that's what he had. He grew the mustache as a disguise. <laughs> he says the first thing, I'll never forget him telling you, the first thing they'll say, I came in with a mustache. So don't be looking for a guy with a mustache forever, you know. So, uh, he was, so Roy comes in because Gregory and I uh, roughed the guy up that was around him. Loosely. He owed me money gambling. We went a few times, and we didn't hurt him bad. Put him against the wall, and actually Gregory did most of the talking because he was a little older than me and more convincing. And very soon after, Roy came to the club. He comes in the back, and I had to sit there because I knew the details of the debt. I'll never forget Greg, when Roy was asking, you know, for, uh, can, can we pay this off or something like that. Greg looked at him and says, Roy, the streets are us." And Roy says, no, I'm not here to dispute that. No, he says, no, Roy, ours, meaning wise guys, we'll take care of it. You know, we'll take care. We don't need you to make a deal for us. That's what he's leading to. We'll collect the money ourselves." He says, no, 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 I'll pay it. He paid the money for the guy and, and got him off the hook. He was there to try to work out a deal. And when Greg said the streets were ours, he, I'd never forget it. He like, was like, okay, yeah, Greg, whatever you say. Now, not everybody would do that either. You know, uh, I saw Greg when I had a beef with Paul Castellano's nephew. Okay, he was ready to. He he told Paul, "If a hair is harmed on his head, I'll never forget those words." You'll see more bodies in the street. Scappy had to stop Greg from talking because he was going into a very bad area. You know, you can't talk to a boss that way. But this was Greg, you know. Nobody was ever gonna hurt anybody around us touch us even if we were told not to do something Greg was the type we're gonna get this guy. We might have waited two years three years five years We're gonna get him and it'll be off the record. What was his personality
0: was he? I mean, I've seen his interviews how he speaks He's got a yeah. nice voice. Yeah, was he the uh, Charming guy that he's talking yes. and he's kind of confusing you mm-hmm. a little bit and then he takes mm-hmm. you out Was he to the point guy? Was he the charismatic guy? Was he the fear? Well, what was his, what he, was his approach? Greg,
1: he, Greg was very, very charming and uh, sophisticated. He could talk with anybody. I guess what he, I'm asking he, you is, he, like, you've seen him, right? Mm-hmm. You know how
0: sometimes the yeah. best way to know her to ask, ask you, the best way to mm-hmm. know, you know, about you mm-hmm. is ask her. Yeah. And she'll say, well, mm-hmm. he's like this. And because he's mm-hmm. been, she's been watching her most, you've been watching her the most. You watch Scarpa yeah. a lot, right? Yeah. What, what tale gave it to you where you said, this guy's about no. to kill him? Was there anything that you said, that's his system, he's about to oh, go to a point well, well, or take a guy out? What was that
1: tale? Well, there's one thing that we had between us, and I, I learned it uh, with him. Literally, the handkerchief. When the hanky came out of his pocket and he went m- and like he was going to sneeze, I knew the guy was in trouble. Because when the hanky went back in, a gun was coming out. Or, or the hanky meant when he put it back in, he was getting hit, and we had to be ready. You know? Uh, he was he, getting kid He's gonna hit the guy, Got and it. then we're gonna finish him off. You know, beat, give him a beating. Uh, but no, see, Greg, he was two. Di- he could be two different people. Okay, mm. like I said, I have to explain it this way. On Thirteenth Avenue, when he was walking the streets, or somebody came in to see him, all business, no, no joking around. Uh, steel, ice in his veins. And he could just look at you, and, and, and you're, you're convinced that he means business. You know, on the other hand, I can drive around with him once in a while, and, well, it's just the two of us in the car, and I can say, get the fuck out of here, you're an asshole. You know, and he would laugh. That's stupid. Are you kidding me? You know, but that took years to That's develop. It's only around two people, though. You can't right. talk like that with other people. Later on, yeah. Jimmy caught up to that, where Jimmy, because of what we did during the war got to that same level where maybe not quite as much, but where Jimmy could make a joke, you know, say, oh, yeah, that's smart. Let's do that, you know, and then we'd all bust out laughing. But, of course, never in front of others. He trusted that the loyalty during the war between me, Jimmy, and Greg was just, you can't even explain it. You can't explain it. The closeness and, you, were, you know, we knew we had each other's back for our lives. So what's the ugliest you saw, ugliest hits you saw? I know you saw the one guy that came in, he called him a rat, took him out. That's one of them. That's probably right up there because it was right point blank. And you know, there was no, we weren't prepared for it really. Uh, You know, the ones during the war, I won't really count because, uh, you know, I was part of them. So uh, uh, I would say uh, the one really that I didn't, I wasn't at, but I got the description was the girl that got killed, Mary. You know, that was uh, Ali, Ali, Big Ali's girlfriend. Uh, Just the thought of that, I still cringe. I mean, it's a horrible thing to think about. Uh, But I remember him telling me after that, he says, you know. Vividly, like details? Yes, yes, yes. And he told me, what he also told me was, I didn't ask you to be on this one. You know that. And on the side, I'm saying, thank you. I said, yeah, I I noticed. And he says, I know who's got the stomach for this and who doesn't. No other notable guys that weren't there either. You know, so. Who was there? Do 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 you know who was there or no? Like I know who was. Well, he was there. Okay. Carmine Sessa, who wound up being the consul year later on. Uh, Greg Jr. I uh, think there was a fourth. I'm not sure, to be honest. But the ones like that weren't guys that weren't on things like that. Well, myself, Bobby Zam. I remember him telling me, Bobby loves people too much. He also became a captain. You know. But so Greg I said, any anybody much. under Greg. Was good fellow material, possibly captain, but n- you can't get to the. that. What was act- the reason for Mary? The, the- well, they, uh, they claimed that Mary uh, spoke to the FBI. He was on the land with her for years, and he didn't want to leave where he was. He was safe, and he felt that she was uh, talked to the FBI, and she may tell them where he is. So they claimed she was a, you know, a rat, the big word they want to use all the time, but uh, there's, no, there's no proof of that either. You know. It was just in case. And
0: and when when uh, when he went away, when uh, uh, Ward came out that he's been dealing with uh, the FBI for thirty years, was that a byproduct? Who got in trouble for that? Like who did he take down? Because while he's doing this, yeah. he's still
1: taking people out. So FBI knows, you know, he's doing what he's doing. Well, the ones that really had the biggest uh, kickback was was them. At the end of the day, the FBI and some prosecutors, and uh, maybe even higher than that for allowing this, for allowing a guy like this to exist and give him carte blanche, uh, where he can, you know, be a, I mean, a prolific killer, not even a couple of hits here and there. I mean, just, you know, the go-to guy in the family for, for years and years and years, numbers that are unheard of. And uh, so, no, but everybody, well, me and Jimmy got thrown under the bus, okay, and his son. Because, yeah, even Greg Jr., on the indictment that he went away for, okay, every lawyer and every Person that knows anything about the case Wants to know why Greg senior wasn't the boss of that indictment when is Scarpa's birthday? Just curious. You May know? 11th Or May 8th because him and Johnny Sapp. May 8th. Yeah, good for you. Okay. Yeah, May 8th, yeah. Yeah. Yeah good memory. Yeah and, uh, and my father's May 11th and Johnny Sapp is May 11th. That's so why I knew there was a bunch when of them at the you? same time I'm February 21st February Yeah, 21st. 61 so 61 and I'll be 61. <laughs> that's cool. So, yeah, you that's only get to do that once. That's right. 61, that's right. 61. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I have to bet that number. Legally, of course. Yeah, so, yeah. that's right. So, yes. That's right. Yes. Please yes. do so. so. We, we don't, don't want you to 7, get in trouble. Yeah. No. So, yes. Even though the odds
0: no. you guys did was better than the odds they're doing now. Yes, right? that's exactly what I did.
1: It's funny you brought that up because yeah. I had the people betting, the people who were betting horses. I said, OTB takes 20% we won't do that yeah
0: you know we'll so, give you a I, t- t- so I, yeah 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 yeah, yeah so, so so okay so now this whole thing's going on uh, you uh, go away ten years mm-hmm. during this process when you're going away and you're cooperating are you cooperating well, to say what, here, what here's you, what
1: happened here's what happened I was fighting and fighting and fighting my lawyers came to me several times and I had no interest in going that route Again, not being a hero, I just really didn't. I says, I'm 30. If I can swing, uh, re- I saw guys getting 10, 12. They kept You're not getting that. They're going to start around 20 with you. So I said, well, fight it down to 15 or 16. I says, you know, I'll get out in my 40s. And But when it came out about him and I got those questions and the next day I found out from Ali they all knew, now I started saying, what am I standing up for? You know, I was ready to take 20 years or whatever, you know, because I I, I, I did take the oath at the end. Uh, regardless, some people don't want to believe that for some reason. I don't really care. Uh, but even without that, I didn't even need that. You know, I would would have preferred to take a reasonable sentence. I knew I did some wrong things and have a choice to move on when I get out or whatever. So I didn't have that. I didn't feel that anymore. I said, now i got to worry about my kid. I have a year-old son. I, so I called my lawyer, and the problem was I had nothing to give them. <laughs> Greg gave them everything. Carmine gave them They knew everything. They knew everything. And it's something that's funny, I, I'm going to tell you. Greg had told me years earlier that the day a guy gets straightened out, the very next day the feds know. I never forgot that, but it came back to me during a conversation my lawyers are telling me they even know you're a little higher up he must have told his connection that Jimmy and Larry came in last night or two nights ago whatever it was so that's on record that's a documented thing I don't even you know whatever all along I was trying to fight that because that enhances your your sentence oh no I was a nobody I was a bookmaker you know but he told me that he says so what you can give them They told me, what do you know about the corruption? So I wound up knowing a lot more than I thought I knew. And my manager over here, my wife, has told me she lived this part with me and said, there's got to be something you know in your head that you don't even realize you know. Because they were coming years and years and just kept coming back and back. But I had a, a secret frequency code, not me. Greg had it, okay? So we were listening to the FBI do surveillance on us and our enemies. <laughs> we had, nobody's gonna, you, you can't pick five numbers out of your head or seven numbers, whatever it was, and land on the FBI secret code, we had it, okay? We had, he called, we, used, we had these old phones, remember the old days, the big phones? Of okay, before Bricks. cell phones. We used to call, he used to call somebody. I had those phone records, because it was my sister's phone that I took for her, she didn't know what was going on. But I said, I need the phone, you know. And we would use the phone during the day and bring it back to her at night. So they had the phone records, okay. Uh, we had FBI badges and ID cards, not filled out with pictures and everything, but at our disposal. So all of these things started leading them to the FBI, not a cop. Then a couple of the FBI agents, Put some pieces together. This was one big one. One of the under, not the supervisor, who was Greg's guy. I'm not mentioning his name only because people know who it is, and he did walk out. He didn't get uh, convicted, so he's the supervisor. One of his agents brings in an address for us. Brings in an address for Vicarina's hiding place. One day, Greg has this address. Now we can't ask too many questions, you know. Where'd you get that? He says, My girlfriend. That's what he always told us. He had Vicarina's address where he's hiding out. We go. It's an empty lot. It was the wrong address. Okay. The FBI agent gets this wrong address, hands it to his supervisor. The only other person to get that same exact wrong address is Greg Scarp. So there's the connection. So all this stuff. You know, I gave gave them, led to other things, too. And there's a whole bunch more. There's, I mean, a bunch of stuff. You know, times I took him to Mount Sinai Hospital to meet, and I knew they were agents or detectives, because he would go in, and there's a little square in the room. And I would watch him, because I was concerned. You know, I don't know if he's meeting other wise guys that are looking at, you know. And he would sit down, and I could just see, and the way to you know, you could tell. Mm-hmm. So I said, there's something. Remember, that's when me and Jimmy started getting worried. This is really tail end of the war, too, like, you know. Uh, so, he was uh, he was a, a magician, really. He had everybody everybody fooled, and, and even that's what Greg Jr. told me. Who, were you were you
0: assigned uh, on the Nikki Black? Uh, 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 were you
1: on that? Uh, yeah. You, so yeah. you were on that. That was that was you know, that was my hit. and I, It was personal. Uh, Nikki Black was a heavyweight on the arena side. He would have never been a, a big heavyweight respected with Persico. But when he became a good fella, it was with the stipulation he would never rise above Soldier. Okay, Junior didn't want him because he bypassed other guys that should have gotten it. The reason is he was heavy in the Teamsters and money, big mm-hmm. money. So they protected him early on. They made him a, 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 a good fella. So he was never going to rise. So he chose Vicarina's side. As the war's going on, they're not getting any of us Unfortunately, most of our guys were hiding. So, uh, not, I don't mean Greg's crew. But there was a media crew, and then there was me, him, and Jimmy. We were out in the front lines every day. And Nikki made a comment to my Uncle Albert, who I mentioned before, who was under him, that tell your nephew Butchie, that was my nickname from a kid, if he doesn't come over to our side, I'm going to kill him. Who's saying this? Nikki Black. Now, he's telling my Uncle Albert, my godfather, my mom is the sister. That's blood. I mean, that's tight. You're telling him that. And my uncle has done more more work than Nicky. May he rest in peace, my uncle. Albert's done more work than Nicky, your Uh, uncle. By far. By far, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was very well-respected. Did you know that? Did you know that as a kid? I learned more and more. Okay. I didn't early on, but even Greg told me. Your uncle was with Sally D. On this one, he was with Sally D. Sally D'Ambrosio was a Mm -hmm. big name back then, too. Him, Sally, and Junior Persico did a lot of damage in the early years okay and they went through wars together too so anyway uh where were we with this nikki black, Nicky so, he, black yeah. he, he tells so
0: he tells if me. he doesn't come join right. us i'm gonna whack I'm him i'm gonna kill yeah. him
1: so now carmine Sessa calls us peeps us we had these beepers back in the day mm-hmm. and we had codes and we that's oh, carmine let's meet him at nathan's the code told us that so we were going to meet him and he told us the same thing that oh, well he t- he's the first one to tell us that okay that he heard has a guy in the club and Nicky's gun for you. His thinking is, if he gets me and Jimmy, or me or Jimmy, we'd crack, and there's nobody out there doing anything other than us, and you know that would leave Greg with nobody, and they'd win the war. So they were also casing Jimmy's uh, tuxedo place, some of Nicky's boys, so that's much as true. But that night, I go to my Uncle Albert's house, and I says, we heard this. He says it's true he says, be careful he says but he I'll never forget this he looked at me and says but Butchie blood is thicker than water in other words I didn't have nothing to worry about with him he says but it is true he's be careful so I said okay thank you we left I think it was the next day but maybe two days me and Jimmy differ on this when we talk about it once in a while I could have sworn it was the very next day but maybe the next day we didn't come into Brooklyn the next time we came into Brooklyn we go back to our spot we got two clubs we can watch Nicky's, Funzie's, and a couple of other businesses that we know they come in and out of. I got the binoculars, and we're about a half a block, three quarters of a block away. And I see the, the Toyota pull up, and I says, There's Nicky Black. I'll never forget it. And Greg says, Where? Let's get him. Like, just, and I think I put in the book because it's in hindsight, it was like, We found our lost dog. There it is. You know, it was like, There he is we're gonna go kill him and it was just so normal. It's unbelievable so we start rolling down the block and He pulls out makes a whole Four-way turn it's coming back the other way. We're behind him and Jimmy's sizing it up We have a fake siren in the window some coffee cups. We want to look like the binoculars are sitting up there So it looks like we're law and to this day. I believe that's what he thought because during a war How can you let a car pull up alongside you without even looking? And he was like, sort of stiff, like he was telling his his they're pulling up now, they're gonna pinch us, something like that, you know. It had to be. We pull up. I'm in the back seat. Greg is in the front seat. Now, Greg at this point was getting a little slow, between the AIDS and dementia and stuff. He wasn't 100%. Uh, He had a a one gun on the previous attempt with Joe Waverly. it jammed up, and then my, it was ridiculous. That was an embarrassment, that one. So he gets the rifle out. He hits the wrong clip, but I'm also with a shotgun coming out the back window. And all I hear is his bullets falling out. He hit the wrong clip, so the bullets came wow. out. And the uh, he didn't hit the lock thing. So I leaned over, and I, I mean, he never looked. I was really, literally a few inches from what Greg told me to trademark his trademark behind the ear. So it entered here, came out his face. I mean, it was, uh, that's probably the most horrendous hit of all that I was ever around. Uh, But driving away, I've said this, I said, you know, I'm not proud of anything. I did any of the hits earlier during the war. The war was self-preservation. This was self-defense to me. He's a capable guy. He's targeting me, number one. What am I going to do, run away? Most people would say, yeah, just leave. But being with greg and being in the life and i i couldn't so he you know that one to this day he sh- i say he should have just behaved himself kept his mouth shut or came and did it you alerted me and then what did you expect
0: you know that's wild because yeah. even nikki black when you talk nikki black there's you know mm-hmm. he has a, he has a reputation nikki yeah. black was no, still nikki black so yeah no doubt did Why? you have any running with sammy with michael with any of those guys or no did you have anything uh, well, to do no, with the them. only thing
1: with Sammy was during the war, we knew that because we had people that were siding with us, even around John Gotti, even though he was with Vic or siding with Vic, that Vic went to John to help with getting Greg. First of all, that's an embarrassment for Vic to do that. Go outside the family for help. You should be ashamed of yourself. You're the boss. That's the first thing. Then John tells Sammy to do it. We heard all this. We knew this. So now, little by little, we're seeing guys from Sammy stop in to see us in the pool room. While they're in there, we got four guys at the front table with guns and shotguns. If they would have even made any kind of move, they would have never walked out of there. We knew. We mm. knew that they were asked to do this. But it never, it never came through. But I, I had this conversation with Sammy about this, uh, you know, maybe a year ago. And I said, you should think about this. You're his underboss. Okay, you're his number one guy, his best guy, the most trusted guy. He's going to send you into the lion's den to kill a guy like Greg during the war with all his men around armed? <laughs> Why was he putting you in that position? Think about that. That's the treachery. He might have wanted to get him out of the picture. You know, because that's when they started having their rumblings about the money and killing everybody. Who knows? But you don't do that. That's, that's you know, and he agreed with me. You know, we had that discussion. He says, oh, dude, you never know. You never thought about that. And, and and
0: how how did you guys view sammy at the time sammy is sam well
1: sammy was always me growing up as a kid i knew he was a powerhouse big guy and it happened fast it happened fast you know he was part of the colombo family i gotta say that and the story i got was he was in a nice way asked to leave okay it's not like he wanted to go somewhere else there was some kind of thing and uh, the actual word i heard from greg was he was chased he was told leave okay somehow or another he latched on and I'm sure he has his version whatever it is I you know maybe he knows more I don't know but that's what I knew. so he goes and latches on with the Gambino's eventually he gets straightened out before you know it, he's a captain and then all the stuff happened with Castellano and he moved up and he took took the world over you know but listen back then I liked him I mean it's not that I dislike him now but you know we're going in different directions you know did you have run-ins with them or no you guys back did, then back then no Okay. No, not really. Neither would Michael either, because it was... No, Michael I never even met. Okay. I met his father once. On one of the small stretches, he was out, yeah. he came to say hello to Greg, or maybe he was even on 11th Avenue. What, what happened with Greg,
0: the 8th story? I mean, okay. if, if you don't mind sharing that, yeah, no, story, it's, what happened it's, uh,
1: Well, Greg uh, used to take Anisons. Three, every night when we are finished at the club, he would go in his pocket, take three Anisons, like that. He wouldn't even drink milk. Anything with them, just take them like that. He did this every day for years and years and years. And I used to ask him why. I said, "You got a headache?" He says, "No, but I don't want to get one." And I'm going to have a few drinks tonight. So anyway, ultimately, that after many many years of this, it 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 uh caused uh, Ulcer. ulcers. I so yep. couldn't think of where ulcers in his, in his stomach. And one day they start bleeding, and he's bleeding badly through the behind and stuff. They bring him to the hospital, and he's losing so much blood that they called, they, they needed to give him a transfusion, or <laughs> blood, just to, is that what it's called, a transfusion? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so he tells them that he doesn't want the hospital's blood because of the AIDS. It was starting to become a problem. This is what year? 86. Yeah, prime time. Prime time. Yeah, yeah. So he demands that one of his own men, so we all come in, 30 of us men, women, one match, and it's Paulie Melly. Big weightlifter, okay? And this was known as a, as a gay thing back then, and I know you got to be careful of the things you say today, and, but back then, that's what it was known as, okay? And Paulie was not. Paulie had more girls, and, I mean, he was a man's man, but he was a weightlifter, and they shared needles. And that's how he got it and died later on, okay? But that was the one match. So he got Paulie's blood, Wow! Now, yeah. I when I say it, I gotta say this. I don't know if it was divine intervention, time to pay the piper, or just dumb luck. I mean, you know. But the one person out of thirty that matched uh, had the virus, and he wound up getting that. Now, because of all the money he had, much like Magic Johnson, he was able to take all the drugs that they had. All the uh, the uh, you know some of the drugs weren't even proven. Yet, but he said, I'll take him. Let me try. All doctors all over Manhattan, I'd be taking him. He'd be getting white blood cells put in. This went on for years and years and years, even through the war, you know. So, uh, but, you know, it was, it was, like I said, I was sad when I heard it. But then we lived with it, you know, for, geez, probably four years and then a couple of years in the can or whatever around then. And then while I was gone and doing my time, I heard he passed. Yeah, and, and what was the story they were saying that he used AIDS as an
0: alibi, that, hey, you know, it's because of AIDS? Uh... Well,
1: he could have. He could have. You know, I, I didn't hear that, believe it or not. I don't remember hearing that he used that as an excuse. Uh, but, you know, going back to how he, how he sold us out, because at the end, he took a deathbed confession, okay, and he exonerated Alley Boy. And Alley Boy walked out a free man, but then got in trouble again for killing Wild Bill and, and back doing life again. But he could have very easily added Jimmy, myself, and his son. Because that's how I started with this, that Greg Jr. should have never been the head of that last indictment. Greg Sr. should have. How did he not, was enlisted as the boss? So Greg got the kingpin, which instead of getting seven or eight years with drugs at the time, he got 20 plus. And then got hit with more charges later on. Uh, but he was not, never on, he should have been the head of that indictment, you know? So anyway, why not say that? Why not say Larry and Jimmy weren't on these hits? Nobody knew, nobody was there with us. And say that they dropped me off sometimes places, I couldn't tell them where I was going because I was involved in this war and I went and I killed some guys and then they picked me up later. You know, He could have said something to, mm-hmm. and obviously deathbed confessions, which I didn't know, carry a lot of weight because Alley Boy beat his case based on that. And some of his family members again, try to tell me later on, not Greg Jr., because he's pretty much on my 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 wavelength, you know, very hard to forgive and forget. You want to, but you can't. So we talk about the good times, but we say, yeah, but he had us all fooled. Look what he did to all of us, you know. But one of the one of his daughters told me that he was so drugged up at the end that he didn't even think he just signed whatever they asked him to sign. But also, now on the other side of that, I saw paperwork. I saw paperwork that, during the war, when he got caught with Jimmy throwing a gun out the car, car door, it came back to the local police. That was the feds. Came back to the local police that it was Larry and Jimmy in the car. So he was selling me out right there. Not gun charge. I would have took it from him in a heartbeat. You know. You do that, just behind, you know, that's, you know, I I don't know if I could do that to somebody. Now, later on, I see a forensic, an FBI forensic person show me paperwork that the FBI themselves were told that me and Jimmy, they knew there was an informant now. They knew there was an informant. Now, the the, the head guy knew, obviously, who was handling them. None of the underling guys knew who it was. They were told it's Larry and Jimmy. Now imagine somebody else in the family has a connection to the feds, mm-hmm. they'd kill us. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So even though he might have been whatever, there was a lot of a lot of things he did that I mean, you know, I, I can't even understand why. I don't understand it, you know. Just keep your mouth shut. So that's why, you know, at the end of the day where I am now, uh, I got no problem looking in the mirror. I got I you know, I, I was dealt the hand and I played it, you know. Larry, when you, when
0: you got out, what year was it when you were done with your time, when you did your time? Oh, uh, 2002, right? Yeah, 2002.
1: 2000. What made you not get back? What I mean? Well, it, it, a combination it, of things. Even though I don't consider myself uh, an exposure of things, I didn't like point fingers and this guy did this, this guy did that. I broke a rule. I dealt with the government. I sat there, I came clean. I told them what I knew about the corruption, about the hits I did, you know. So... They're not, you know, I, I can't go back for that reason, number one. Okay, number two, there's, I, I've, I see the light. There's no life there anymore. And I try to get messages to some younger guys that were under us that are still there. I say things. I'm on YouTube a lot and today, stuff. Today, yeah, today. I put things out there. I says, when are you going to see the light? What are you, you're gonna, you did eight years. Now you got ten. And you get out. Why is there. it hard to leave it? What, what is, what, well, because the, the, the amount of people I've interviewed,
0: and I asked mm-hmm, about the glamor of mm-hmm. like, I asked Leonetti, he says, dude, we didn't have as good of a time as you yeah. think we did, yeah. right? Then I asked, Michael says, no, we did have parties. Yeah. When I asked Sammy, not really, Sammy was yeah. more to work When I asked Colada, you know. Well, it's he, different. So we, were, we were all about the business. We were all about making money. Did you money.
1: have fun? Were you, were you having the cars, yeah, the did. girls, the I, party yes, and all yes, that? Yes, I did, because I was making an, a, a, an awful lot of money for 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, you know, that's still young. You know, right through up until I got So pitched. while you're with Linda,
0: you're still, you're still having a blast with, uh, you are living the big life, yeah. going to the clubs. Oh yeah, so I, going, I was had the caddies, going to nightclubs, being treated like a, a mini boss. What's the most money you made during that time, from 78 to 86?
1: Well, I'll tell you this. When I, I left 700,000 when I went to prison. That's what I lost to them. 700,000. In 86? Uh, no, no, I went away in 92. So, but yeah, but up until about 89, 90. Yeah. And that's uh, that between Shylock money. Uh, 700,000 of what you're making, what you have in
0: cash that you left is what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Okay. yeah, 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 no, so we were making, but you know, I also overspent, not overspent, but like you make a week we made, you know, let's say the business, the sports business made 60,000. You know, I would always throw Greg something, Greg Jr. Okay, at the beginning I used to give him a cut, but then I saw when we lost, I didn't get any help. So I said, okay, they get less. You know, because it was mine now, you know. So let's say I gave them 10, there's 50. You know, Jimmy got in there a, a, a good, more and more as years went on. He became a partner. Uh, but I had other people that worked with me, and I never treated them like workers. I treated them like partners. Partners, yeah. So they might not get an equal, but, you know, so at the end of the day, if I had 15 or 20 for myself, I'd go spend five, six, seven thousand on a weekend like it was nothing, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, why, why, well, why is it hard to leave the well, I'll life? tell you why it's hard. And this may not be nice to some people. Some of them can't survive or find another way to earn a living. Okay? And a lot of times on these th- different things I do, I'll, I'll, I'll sum it up like this. If, you know, I get a, like Michael, I know he's, I believe he's truly religious now and wants to leave a, a better legacy behind and all, some other guys like that, too. I don't feel comfortable doing that, but I'll say this, you don't need that life to earn a good living or to get respect. And a lot of these guys in it, that's the only way they're going to get respect and it's the only way they can earn a living. That's why they're still selling drugs and doing these stupid street things. Okay. I moved on. I, when I came home, I started working in a gym. Then I had worked in three gyms. I started developing clients. But I already had the thing in my head, you know, once my three years is up, okay, I'm going to find a place of my own, which I did. And it kept growing and growing and growing. I have a successful gym. Met my wife, Kelly. We started, well, she started when she retired. She was a a vice president in a very big government contracting company. When she retired, she wanted to do something that uh, more, less stressful, something fun. So she liked. Promoting weddings. She got into that, opened the florist as the base. Before you know it, we added a wine bar to the florist. Think about the atmosphere flowers all around, couples, Mm -hmm. ladies would come Mm -hmm. in a lot. We brought in a little bit of music. We were mobbed. We had to get a bigger place. It turned out to be a supper club. Now it got so busy every night that we were getting home three in the morning. I couldn't go to the gym anymore. I, I still haven't lost all the weight back. <laughs> I, I'm supposed to be a middleweight about 180. I'm still up you know, 190, which I hate. But, you know, I did put on a little muscle, so that's not too bad. But uh, we sold that, you know. And now I'm back at the gym full time. Uh, you know, my son's coming in as a trainer. I got five or six other trainers there. And I'm very good to the trainers, you know. So they don't go anywhere, and they promote me to other trainers Uh you know, I, I had three kickboxing classes. I had a, uh, you know, a young kid, intermediate, and adults. And I was full. Sometimes there was standing room only, you know, uh, some cardio classes. And I just worked and worked and worked. And, you know, and I, it, through the whole time, I had the book. So I promoted the book. I never got a publisher to do it. And I did the math myself. I said, they're going to give me 30000 or something. Okay, and I'm gonna be begging them for more for the next 10 years, until they finish fudging their numbers. You would. Of course, of course. Uh, I didn't even need a writer to do it, you know, because I got an A in writing in college. I wrote that whole book myself. Get out of here. Every bit of it is my own. That's impressive. The only part I didn't write was the opening prologue where I wanted uh, somebody that knows me, and it's an ex-cop. No, no, no. No, 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 Armand is a hell of a guy. He wrote a a, a thing on the back. No, this was an ex-cop that uh, was on my case. So he wrote, describes me, what he thought of me and, and, you know, about how I came back and whatever. It was very nice, but the rest is mine. And so I didn't have a writer. I don't have an agent. Now I do. I don't, <laughs> I don't have uh, a publisher. So I don't have to sell as many. But I'm selling a nice amount, thank God. And after the show, I'm sure I'm going to sell some more, because oh, yeah. I'm going to tell them my website if it's okay. No, we're, no, we're going yeah, to no, put, put the link below. We're going to put the link below to the oh, website good, good. of the no, book. I no question that. about I appreciate it. that. Yeah. But so, and when I got to fast forward, is a perfect segue into De Niro. Well, he read the book because the same cop is now one of his security guards. And he said the book was terrific. He asked the guys if they knew anybody that would come and help them while they're doing the Irishman where he's got a lot of questions. They Said Me, which is a double-edged sword. It's a compliment, but then again, the things I got to talk to him about aren't, you know, that's, you know, uh, stuff that I'm not proud of. So anyway, I'm his consultant. I get a little part playing a hitman in the movie. Uh, I wound up playing another part, uh, uh, Joey Glasgow, or Blasco. Blasco, right? Joe Blasco, who's a corrupt ex-cop working for uh, uh, Joe Pesci's character in Casino. Okay, out in Vegas. And he was uh, a suspect in a murder. That was a good little part I had. And coming up... You were in Casino? No, not Casino. But the story... uh, It was a TV show called The Perfect Murder. I got you. And I played the corrupt cop that that they made you think he killed him. And at the end of the day, nobody still knows who killed him. Who, Pesci in Casino. So I had Oscar
0: Goodman on before, Mm -hmm. who's from Casino. Pesci... uh, she was playing who? Tony Spallatra. Spallatra. Uh, Collado was the hitman on The Vice that
1: he did yeah, what he did, what yeah, he did yeah, with yeah, him. He, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So all of this has led me now to being, uh, there's a new network coming out, okay? Uh, it'll, there's a soft opening coming next, in October. Mm-hmm. The grand opening will be J- Al Capone's birthday, early January. Uh, I will be hosting a TV talk show. And it's called Mob TV is the name of the, uh, the network. Uh, it's on the infamous TV and then Mob TV 24-7. And we may name it The Life. Uh, and i have people on, much like we're doing today. Hopefully I'm as good as you as a, as a you know, on the other side of the table. And uh, we also have other projects in development like Mobsters versus Monsters for ex-mob guys that truly believe and go looking uh, the paranormal like bigfoot and things like that but it's it's serious and it's funny it's a good little mix it's sort of reality it's hilarious yeah so there's that we have a couple of other people that are going to come on the show when i do it that have you know uh some podcasts in the works and uh different things like that so i'm in a whole different direction now i i'm part-time at my gym and i'm doing this stuff more i got to do a reading this week sometime for the there's a word he used, but I guess certain uh, marketing things, commercials and stuff for Mob TV, they want me to do the the talking as the actor part. So what are we going to go pay? Michael Madsen or Armando Sante? <laughs> you can do it. So anyway, so there's so much happening that,
0: you know, I'm I got, so... I got yeah. a question for you, Larry. So please, why, why are so many mobsters great storytellers? What is that all about? Wow. Like, do you, you know guys what? go to... Before you become made, they send you, know, you to this low key, you know, CIA, FBI, no, 17 keys to being a great
1: storyteller. Like, you know, th- no, there's you know such what a unique ability to I tell think, stories. You know what I think it is? Maybe that's the little DNA thing that brings us all together at some point where, you know, everybody thinks it's this, we're vicious killers or we're this, they're all the same. Maybe it's that we have this sort of side to us where we're not, we're a little wiser than people think. Well, you know, no, it's not maybe. Yeah, There's well, not know. a maybe you know, to it. You know, uh, but well, the but the wise. Yeah, people think like like I guess you said somebody said it's not that glamorous. It's not all easy. It's not. It's a lot of hard work. All those rackets yeah. took a lot of work, a lot of dedication. Uh, you had to you know be forceful sometimes, but. Uh, but that's a great question, because there are a bunch of us out there now, isn't there? Yeah, I, yeah. I wonder, what is this? Yeah.
0: Like, you guys could do a clinic, a master class <laughs> yeah. on storytelling, and they just... You have, everybody, do you have an answer to that, yeah.
1: is it? But have ca- you noticed this? If, yeah, like,
0: you know, I, yeah, I've been there, like, you sit there, you tell the stories, so, you know, one time I'm at P.F. Chang's in Santa yeah. Monica. Bad analogy, but I'm just giving it to yeah. you, and you'll see where mm-hmm. this goes. And I used to go to the same P.F. Chang's, and I would always sit all the way in the uh, to the right at Santa Monica, and I would go... Right after I went to the stairs in Santa Monica, I would go to Matador Beach and I'd come here, I'd have my seven Arnold Palmers. Mm-hmm. I would read my book and do my plan for the week and go <laughs> back home. This was routine every right, Sunday, right, right. right? One day, my bar, my bartender, the, the waiter, he's reading a book. I said, what book are you reading? He says, well, I'm really trying to get better with uh, women. I'm really struggling with that. I said, okay, great. I mean, what book are you reading? He says, The Wisdom of a Prostitute. <laughs> what? <laughs> he's reading this book. I'm like, What a title of a book. What's the wisdom of a prostitute? He says, Well, this prostitute is telling the story of her experience with 2,000 men. And she's saying the weakness, the insecurities of all these men. And I have so many insecurities as a man. And so she's sharing with me that 90% of men have similar insecurities. And it's making me get this confidence, right? So I said, What better? person to learn about men's insecurities than a prostitute because she's been with, right. wow. you know, she has that Jeez. wisdom. I mean, it's, yeah. it is that's, a wise woman. That's, in a, in psych a one, not, that's not
1: psych 101. No, that's no, like no. Psych no that's a, later on,
0: <laughs> so At first, when he tells me this story, I'm like, you know, that's a, that's a pretty strange thing yeah. to be reading yourself, right? But the way he's explaining this story, so okay, maybe this makes sense, okay? But, you know, yeah. maybe the reason why you guys are so good at telling stories is because How many times do you have to go to a sit down where, you know, you have to measure the words you use and be, you have to be careful with the words. So you get your, it's almost like every one of the mobsters pacing on how you speak Mm -hmm. is the same speed. You guys are not fast talkers. It's really, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's just like musical the way you go with the pacing.
1: You know what else I think it is now that that you said that? And and I, I mean this, there are a lot of unique stories everybody has a little play a little spin on their story okay and they start telling it so much it becomes second nature you know what I like about us today and I it, it, we didn't go totally chronological I didn't start I was a kid which I did but then we sort of bounced, and I like that better I think it leads that's why when you do watch the mom museum show I started at where I am now and went back mm. you know uh, because if I say it over and over and then and then God forbid I say there were five of us there. Somebody will call me up and say, Oh, the other podcast, you said four. You know, you're like under a microscope. <laughs> you know, oh, there's no, again, yeah. it's technical. And then, and then you find haters. You find haters out there. I mean, I'm so lucky I got so few. Some of them, unfortunately, are all friends that it, 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 you don't understand. You can't understand yeah. it. Is it envy because I'm moving on or. Uh, These I don't friends even are know.
0: still in the life or they haven't left the life? No, is- the
1: ones that are still in the life love me. Got it. I talked to a bunch of them and they love me. Uh, I was away with the boss of one of the families at the tail end of my sentence and hated anybody talking negatively about me, stood behind me 100%, complained, to, wanted to kick the dirt and spit on the ground when Greg's name came up. He said he ruined so many good men, you know. Uh, but no, it's guys that are now out of the life and they're lost. They don't know what to do with themselves. Yeah. So. They got to, you know, have something bad to say. But I have one old friend that wasn't even in the life. He was impersonating me on TikTok to try to pick up girls. This is true. And you know how I found out? One of the girls called me and told me his number. We reached him. And he just broke down on the phone crying. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I mean, just ridiculous. Why, well, did it work, though? That's the question. I, I don't mean, think so. It's effective. I don't mean- think so because my cousin, Albie's son, called this kid up. And I'm not, to, you know, to be mean, he's very overweight now. He's losing all his hair. And he's a little younger than me. And my cousin said, what were you thinking? He says, okay, so say you pull it off. They see a picture. He's putting pictures of me out. This is me. This is me. He says, when they're expecting Larry to get out of the car and you pull up, how are you going to explain that? He says, I don't know, I'm just losing my mind. I mean, it was just hysterical. I'm not even mad at the guy anymore. I mean, I, at first I was, I say, but, you know. Well, well you look Hollywood, a, man. You look, well, you look like no, you, you belong in Hollywood. Well, you got you. that look. Thank so you it's, so uh, much. Thank you.
0: And um, it's been very interesting yeah. uh, learning uh, about your story. Uh, yeah. I accidentally got into mm-hmm. interviewing folks from your life, yeah. and from the first one after Michael, mm-hmm. it's just been, you yeah. know, yeah. Uh, one after another, yeah. and I know your story was uh, it was popping up all over the place. The last yeah. year, year and a half, I kept saying, yeah. Larry Mazza, Larry Mazza. It
1: is, like I said, it's unique. Yeah. It's true. I mean, every bit of it is true. I always say this. There could be things that other people live with me that remember differently, like even Jimmy, I told you. Like, I said it was the next day. Oh, wait, he didn't get hit until the third. You said it was the second. You know, that's going to happen. You know, I've said, well, don't you remember, and I use Jimmy a lot because I'll say, didn't we go to this meeting and there was like 15 of us there? He says, 15? The whole freaking family was there. It was like 50 guys. And maybe we're thinking of two different meetings, you know, but we had 120 meetings during the war, maybe more, four a day for six months, everywhere we had to go, traveled all over. It was a nightmare. That war was a nightmare. It was almost a relief. Did you do anything with the Philadelphia guys, or no? No. Okay. No, I met a few while I was away. Okay. Uh, but not really. Uh, my, my thing was basically Brooklyn, New Manhattan, yeah. New York. Yeah, yeah, so. Well, well we're
0: going to put the link to the book below. Life, a Brooklyn boy is seduced into the dark world of mafia. Larry Maza appreciate you Thanks for coming you, out thank really you so enjoyed much. talking I'll, to you
1: i'll come back for part two if you want yeah we'll once see. you do the yeah, other yeah. stuff i look yeah. forward to oh, yeah, that that's a good idea. Yes, yeah that's yeah, happening soon so looking thank forward you to again it. anytime thank, okay. thank you appreciate it what a great
0: storyteller right larry mazza anyways if you enjoyed this interview we did a podcast as well with michael francis and samuel gravano on a different channel if you've never seen that Probably one of the best conversations we ever had. Click here for Sammy. click here for Michael. If you enjoyed the interview, give it a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. Take care everybody, bye bye.